in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the smooth Glenn Stansberry. Ooh, yeah. That's right. That's one of my favorite <laughs> that's one of my favorite adjectives. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've ever been called smooth before. <laughs> sometimes it's a little bit of a stretch for you. Well, well sometimes, thank you. Thank sometimes, you for that. Sometimes not. Oh, sometimes like not. like tonight. More times than not. It's not a stretch. More time. It's not not a stretch. No, it's not stretching. <laughs> more times than not. What is stretching? <laughs> uh, well, <coughs> anyway, Glenn. Um, so you know what else is not a stretch is the fact that we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. That's right. It's the truth. It's the truth. We're not stretching the truth about that. No, we wouldn't lie about that. No, no, um, we would not. And gentleman.com is a site for manly content. All kinds of manly stuff yes. out there on gentleman.com. Uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight's out there, in addition to a bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, probably some of the coolest stuff that you ever have seen on the internet. Um, yes. And I'm not, I'm not saying that about stuff that I contribute. I'm saying that about the stuff that the people of gentleman.com contribute. Right. And, and uh, we should probably, I don't know if we've done this before. Maybe we have, but it's been a while. So maybe we should talk about what gentleman is. Gentleman is a is a um Brian and I don't post everything on the site. No. As a matter of fact, we we only post like a tiny tiny fraction. Yeah. Um we have a community of people who have signed up just like you could if you if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. You as in you the listener. Yes. And uh you create an account and uh you can post manly things along with everybody else and join yeah, the conversation can, and you can talk you know, <clears throat> talk about stuff on the internet. You can <laughs> like stuff on the internet. Yes. Yeah. No site has ever done this before. It well. The liking <clears> things Glenn. and the It's all about the execution, Glenn. That's right. You know? It, actually it's was more Apple about the, the first focus. computer? No, no. No, it was not. Yeah. So okay. So that's what it wasn't I'm even the first Apple. No. The Beatles right. had that. That's right. And before that it was a fruit. That's right. So Who knew? There you go. <laughs> um so yeah, that's it. I mean gentlemen's really the <clears throat> for that it was fruit. Um, gentlemen is the uh, the apple of the mm. of the internet of the social webs, not the apple, the company. Right? Like the, no, no, the, no, 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 no. Please like don't fruit, sue us. The fruit, yeah. of the fruit of the, the loins of the of internet. The- <laughs> <laughs> that's what gentlemen is. In fact, that's our tagline. Uh, we <laughs> we just changed it. Uh, the fruit of the loins of the internet. Well, sh- should be the new. Um, Man, that is, a, that, that is a smooth tagline, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Um, <clears throat> and so once you've enjoyed the fruit of gentleman.com, uh, we... you, should, you should stop on over. Stop on over to a little site called podcast.gentleman.com where you can check out old episodes. You can catch up with me and Glenn from a year ago. What were we That's talking right. about a year ago? What was going on a year ago? Maybe you want to step back in time like a time capsule to 2013. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best way to do that... I wonder what 2014 will hold. Yeah, exactly. The best way to step back in time and, and, and look back at yesteryear is to stop on by podcast.gentleman.com and listen to some old shows that right. we did from a year ago. Yeah, that's the only... Uh... <clears throat> The only way you'll you'll look back in time. No, it's there's, true. There's no it's other true. way. They say they say there's no you can't go home, Glenn. Nope. But you can go to podcast.gentleman.com. But Brian, we're we're all about moving forward. That's right. We are. Glenn. So and moving forward, if you if you want to move forward with us, you could send us an email to howdyatgentleman.com if you're lazy. Yeah. But if you're not lazy, if you're a go getter, emails for Quakers. Yeah, exactly. If you're a go getter, yes. And you are you want to take command of the situation. Yes. If you want to be a leader, that's right. Send a letter to yes. the gentleman co-founders at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, mm-hmm. Kansas, and we will answer the call. Mm-hmm. We will respect your leadership ability, and we will, we will counter with our leadership ability. We will, we will pay heed. We will pay heed. That's right, Glenn. And we'll, and we'll talk about And we'll talk your, about your letter, your letter, and we'll respond, and we'll go up on the gentleman wall of fame. Uh, with all the other letters, we all the other letters, yeah, just like the ones we'll talk about tonight. Exactly. Um, okay, Glenn. So moving on. Um, that's that's the normal spiel. Mm-hmm. You can also catch up with us on Facebook and Twitter. Blah blah blah. Yep. 
Um, okay, Glenn. So moving on, we got the first segment of the night, which we always do, which is the drink of the, the week. Drink of the week. Um, and you you picked this one out this time. Yeah, I uh, I went to the local. Li- no, I, I, normally with the drink of the week. Well, I shouldn't say normally. Oftentimes we try to pick beers that we haven't had before, mm-hmm. so that we can kind of give like a first impression, like oh, you know. But uh, <clears throat> I actually had gotten this uh, this particular beer about a week ago. Um, in a in a variety pack, I'd, I'd kind of oh, picked out. Okay. So it is the uh, Juniper Pale Ale from Rogue. Mm-hmm. When we reviewed the uh, Rogue Ale, was it a Nut Brown? Maybe <sighs> Nut Brown Ale. I can't remember which. We've done a Rogue before, and typically in this situation, we would tell you a little bit about the brewery before we pour the right. drink down our throats. But we're comfortable with Rogue. We've yes. read the history. Yep. We know about the brewery. We're comfortable with them. We've checked the facts. We, we've double-checked the facts. We've had our We're voting yes. Yes, we're going to give it our stamp of approval. So Rogue is a known entity. Um, so we don't have to get into that. But uh, this this beer I haven't had. This The Juniper Pale Ale. I mm. haven't had it. And frankly, if you hadn't tried it, I would look at the late. I would say Juniper Pale Ale. No thanks. Right. You well, know, it just I, I I didn't I don't know. And I, I couldn't help. I mean, I'm sure, Brian, you've probably when 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 I said I was going to bring a Juniper Pale Ale, you probably harkened back to the Hibiscus Ghost. I did. I imagined. And you uh, yeah. said Glenn is going to hose us again. Exactly. With his beer, but <coughs> I don't think that'll be the case. Now okay. I'll let you be the judge of that. Okay. Now. We give it our um, our ratings every week. The the mustache twists. The mustache twist scale. Uh, the MTS. M- MTS. The gentleman the patent 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 pa- pending. pending MTS. Uh, but it is the official recognized standard right. of rating beers. Exactly on the interwebs, which most sites do not use um, at the no. moment. Uh, but it's like the metric system for right. rating beers. Uh, yeah, sure they're not using it today. Right. Like the United States. But right. eventually, right. you know. Once they come around, everybody's going to be using the MTS. Everybody multiplies in twelves, not tens. Exactly. Uh, Right. So, so we give it. We we run it through the scale, and um, we haven't typically when we uh, review a beer. We, we go to uh, beersnob.com yes. and look at it. And, we, and typically we do that before we try the beer. But this time we're finally abstaining and we're going to try the beer so, we, so it won't taint our um, <clears throat> our review. Right. It'll be, uh, it'll be unpar- so impartial. For those of you who don't know, um, <clears throat> beersnob.com is a site uh, for snobs that like beer. <laughs> um, and uh, some, some people know it as beeradvocate.com, but everybody knows it, really it's called beersnob.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you check through their code, it's in there in several <laughs> places because uh, I know I have. Um, but anyway, so okay, so we're not paying attention to that. This is this is strict, straight up MTS score, right? You know, let's we'll see give how it we to you do. straight now. Now uh, the rogue. Uh, line of beers typically a little bit more expensive, so mm-hmm. that's actually a negative factor. Right, starting out of the gate, not good. Right, take it down a couple notches because this was eleven fifty. Ooh, for a six pack. So we're starting at like a two on the right. NTS. Right, uh, that's a, uh, this. Okay, so here's the thing: <clears throat> you price your beer at eleven fifty, it better deliver the goods. I know. You know what I mean, I know. Like it better come through like smashing me in the face, saying this is a great beer. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> so okay. Yeah. That's that's. So, those are some fighting words, Rogue. That's let's right. See. All right. Well. All right, Brian. Shall I? Yeah. Let's go ahead and. All right. Oof. Oh, I should say about this while we're opening these up. That yes. I, apparently, this has something to do with Thanksgiving. Do you know? Well, okay. I should. I'd say Thanksgiving because they talk about the history. <clears throat> because. Excuse me. They talk about the history, um, and it says the turkey was named the official bird of the Rogue Nation in August 2007. And to commemorate this momentous occasion, Rogue Juniper Ale was dedicated to the turkey in each of us. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about that. Maybe, I don't know. And it says, later on, it says the pilgrims <clears throat> were ale drinkers and most likely enjoyed beer at the first Thanksgiving. So, so maybe they made juniper beer? Because it was... I don't know. Plentiful? I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's a sticker on this. I, I don't know what it means, but it says World Champion Pale. Mm. Okay. So, all right, Brian. Bottoms Bold up. Old words. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, the thing I like about this pale ale is that oftentimes, we've said before, I'm, I'm not a hops man. Like Glenn Stansberry, this is smooth. This is incredibly smooth. This is very smooth. <laughs> Uh, pale ale, yeah. Because pale ale often have that kind of like bite in the finish, yeah. Because it's the hops kind of yeah. kicking in, uh-huh. and they, they, I don't, I don't know what the IBU rating is on this for the I don't hops, know if they but report such things. Yeah, but it is low and it is fantastic. Fast juniper, 
Juniper berries are what you use in... Um, 34 IBU. 34, so that's pretty low. It's... it's yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's what. Yeah, that's right in the. That's right in my comfort range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So juniper is is what's in uh, um, not vodka uh, gin. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. A lot of the bathtub gin makers will take vodka. That's right. It's it's basically grain alcohol with a flavor with with it. juniper berries juniper, okay. and some yeah. other stuff. But okay. The mo- the the real distinct taste in gin is the juniper berries. So uh, yeah. So I think it's worth eleven fifty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. So mm. uh, let's get down to brass tasks. Okay, brass tasks. Axe, mustache twists. Mustache twists. So, scales. if all things were equal on the price, but they're not. But they're not. I know. But I'm saying if it were equal, I would. Uh, man. I, okay. So. If it were a normally priced beer, I would probably put it at a, a nine. Ooh, wow! I wouldn't go that eight high. and a half, eight and a half, nine. I'd go, I'd go. If it was a normally priced beer, I'd go eight eight, eight eight. Okay, eight point eight. But since it's not, since it's more expensive, it's probably going to be down the sevens, right? Yeah, I would maybe say maybe low eight. I would say even. I would go. I would go low eight. Okay, low eight. One. Yeah. yeah, I'd say like an eight point one, given how wow. much it is. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like the uh, mm. I like the kind of lower hot pale ales. Those are mm. those are good. Um, this one has a unique flavor, and uh, Rope's yeah. a good brewery. Like yeah, it. it's so totally redeemed myself from the Hibiscus Goes uh, debacle. That was an unfortunate yeah. choice. But the thing, I, another thing too, is that you really don't the juniper. You don't really don't taste the juniper. It's just kind of mm-hmm. it's it's there, but it's like real real subtle. Yeah, exactly. Okay, unlike. Said hibiscus goose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. So we are on the MTS. We know that empirically this beer is an 8.1. Is that what we decided? Yes, 8.1 on Gentleman's MTS. Okay. okay. So we'll find out uh, now how... Right. How now, beer snob. Yeah, yeah. Are you... Uh, uh, let me look it up. Looking up beer... Does snob have snob. two Bs? It's just one. Rogue also has uh, the voodoo, the chocolate. They, it's something like donuts and bacon, something mm. like that. Or I'm a fan of their uh, Dead Guy Ale. I've, yeah, Dead I've, Guy Ale is really a, good. A fan of that for a while. Okay, so uh, on beersnob.com, mm-hmm. uh, Juniper Pale Ale. Wow. Uh, the, the score is eight eighty two. Wow. Okay. Copycats. So uh, they're they're getting closer to the MTS there, uh, but unfortunately the Bros rated at a seventy seven, which is an okay. Um, and I think as we talked about last time, uh, the the community is the overall score, the eighty two, and the quote unquote bros are the inner circle you of think snobs. So? I, yeah, I, I don't know, man, because I think I think because they they did Budweiser, the bro score was super high, and the and the actual score was lower. The, I don't know. The, the bros must be like the the the. You pay extra to be a bro on beersnob.com. Really? Ooh. I think so. It must be a premium thing. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Regardless, they're pretty they're pretty good there. Okay, so, so they're getting close. Mm-hmm. If you average out those two scores, they're they're pretty mm. pretty getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not using the MTS, but nope. you know. Uh, once they catch on to scientific uh, studies yeah. and uh, mathematics. Exactly. This is then, like saber metrics for beer. Yeah. Right? So um so yeah, we'll we'll it, we'll get there. We gotta, you know, we've gotta <laughs> deal with these luddites and and bring them up to the twenty first century. One change at a time, you know. One change at a time. We should be politicians. We should, man. <sighs> anyway, Glenn. Yes. Um, let's move on to some uh, interesting posts from Gentleman dot in the last week or so. Okay. Well, uh, first up, we have attack added by our good buddy Ben Espen, um, and this one's called. It's from the site, the Daily Time Waster. Um, so good. We should have called gentlemen with that, right? Well, mm-hmm. actually, do we waste time or is it? How, what, it should be more like the daily enricher slash yeah. make you laugh hilarious slash uh, cook time. stuff with bacon. Yeah. Okay. okay cool. Well, yeah, anyway, anyway, so the, so the tack is called uh, the massive five thousand year old bog oak to be made into a forty four foot long table. So there's a lot going on in that title. Let's break it yep. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article is about how uh, in, uh, shoot, I think it's England? Is that what they said? Somewhere, yeah. oh, Cambridge, England, in East England. Cambridgeshire. There's a marshy mm-hmm. area, and it has 
lots of ancient timber that fell when the sea levels rose around 7,000 years ago. So these timbers kind of got stuck in the mud and then were preserved and, really well. Yeah, the the, uh, the composition of the soil around there allowed these oh, trees yeah. to, to be preserved, basically, for several thousand years. This tree that they found is 44 feet long and weighs 5 tons. And there's actually no sign of tapering, which means that's just the middle section of the tree. It's mm-hmm. not the base or the top. So, right. anyway, the, the 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 article is about how they're um, um, they're saying that this is. I mean, just to add to that, they estimate the age of this piece of wood mm-hmm. at being older than Stonehenge. Right. Which is so. Just to put that in perspective, <laughs> you know. Uh, but the, this the they're going to make a forty foot long table out of this, uh, and it's basically just for display. It's not going to be. You know any particular use or whatever, but it's really interesting because apparently, uh, up until the last decade, they haven't had uh, drying techniques that would allow them to preserve the actual um, board as it was. Uh, they would have to chop it up into smaller, okay, smaller sizes, and then they could dry it that way. But now they have more modern drying techniques for wood that allow them to preserve the entire forty foot long thing and make it into a table, um, which sounds kind of kind of boring, but it's actually really cool when you see some of the pictures. It's really cool that they take the time to do all this and, and preserve something historical like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because something that's been around for, what I don't even, you know, it was like... 7,000 years? Around 3,300 B.C. 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 <laughs> um, first of all, it's amazing that nature allowed this thing to be preserved yeah. like that. Um, second of all, it's awesome that they're taking it. I don't know. Is it all? I mean, should maybe they should have just like... Left like st- slowly stepped away and, and left it alone for future generations when they yeah that's hard I mean it's 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 not like it's it's growing somewhere it's fallen so right I, I don't know it's not like they had like I'm probably sure they found out an accident I'm sure like 500 years in the future they'll yeah. be like some if only they would have left that <laughs> yeah 40 foot yeah. long timber in the ground we would have I wonder if this is like uh, you know in Lord of the Rings like the Ents. Mm. This was probably an ant. Mm-hmm. It's probably mm-hmm. tree beard. Mm-hmm. Probably, right probably it must be. Uh, um, so anyway, but yeah, it's pretty cool that they're taking the time to kind of uh, make something out of this and uh, make <laughs> make something the public can can go view and stuff like that. Kind of, it is kind of funny though. Like you go and look at Stonehenge, and then you, like you go to somebody's like kitchen, and there's a table mm-hmm. that's older than Stonehenge. Forty foot. This is my it's <laughs> my forty four well, foot long dinner table. You Do you know. like it? It's older than Stonehenge. <laughs> so anyway. Great right, tech. Man. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Um, I had no idea that wood could be preserved so long. So right, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Um, okay, Glenn. The next uh, tech we're going to talk about is posted by the legendary, mm-hmm. the original, the one of a kind mm-hmm. Razorback. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, could almost be a hot button topic. Could be. Uh, yeah, it could. That, that would be a pretty good hot button topic. Um, so, this photographer, I don't even know what the exact story is. I, I, I glossed over the story and I started looking at the photos. Right. Because I get what the guy's doing. Like um, It's a social... Well, so, this this guy... Um, the name of the attack... No, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, the name of the attack is uh, The Photographer Documents the Death of Real-Life Conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's a Mashable article. Thanks for giving that away, Glenn. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I was going to say, no, it's all messed, you know, it's, oh. I don't know. Um, so anyway, Baby Cakes Romero is the <laughs> photographer's name. <laughs> so and he wants to be taken seriously as an artist. Baby... <laughs> Baby Cakes. Baby Cakes. Baby Cakes doesn't own a smartphone. Um, <laughs> Baby Cakes doesn't have many friends. No. But he, what he does have is a camera, and I'm assuming it's an old school film camera based on what his yeah. point of this whole thing. But anyway, the, I get his point. In, in this, he, it's a, he's got this series of photos called Death of a Conversation where he captures people um, connecting with their digital vi- devices rather than with each other. Um and it's a series of photos that you'd see probably every day walking down the street, almost. I mean, people at dinner, people at, you know, in parks, people sitting next to each other, people... Um, airports. Airports, college. You know, with their faces down, stuck in their smartphones when they could be talking to each other or, yeah. you know, engaged with the actual world around them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, the thing about this is, like, I get, I get the whole point. You know, I get mm-hmm. the point. For one thing, these photos are taken out of context. Yeah. And you don't really know what 
the situation is around these people. I mean, we've all been guilty of pulling out our smartphones and responding to a text or, you know, whatever. Um, and certainly more people are more prone to it than others. But, um, you know, I, I get his point, the, the whole concept of not talking to each other and instead, you know, focusing on your digital device is... I don't know. Some people might say it's not 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 very cool. I don't know. I I mean, I've been to restaurants before where you have a couple sitting at a table and or you more than a couple actually, just everybody at the table at some point. Mm-hmm. It's like the new lull in the conversation. Right. Everybody whips out the phone mm-hmm. and I like I like uh, the way the article puts it. It's kind of or at least baby cakes is baby trying cakes. to get baby across cakes this, is that right? Is that we're using these these devices as crutches? Uh, to to break tension, and we're not we're, we're not relying on you know ourselves. We're relying on you know devices to kind of you know make things less awkward or to mm-hmm. you know it's the safe route instead of being mm-hmm. um, going out on a limb and talking to somebody you don't know. Or, yeah, no. you know. I think I I think I agree with this guy. Baby cakes. He's onto something. I feel like mm-hmm. it's kind of a crutch to avoid the real life interaction that should be should be going on. I mean, you shouldn't be pulling out your phone every time you see somebody you don't want to don't want to have a conversation it's not right yeah it's kind of i mean i'm thinking of of uh people i've hung out with recently or people that i deal with on a, on a regular basis that constantly have their phones open like mm-hmm. but is at what point does it become rude like yeah you know uh, for me that's the thing like you know you 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 would it be different if instead of a phone i pulled out a book and just started reading it yeah you're trying to talk to me that's a great know? point and uh, that that actually dovetails into my point exactly oh. i was gonna say that I think that we're so early on in our integration of like technology into our social lives mm-hmm. that people don't understand at this point how it's rude to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually people will it'll become become so ingrained in our lives that people will know that it's impolite to 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 do things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think eventually we'll become more comfortable with it, and then it will be like, okay, I don't. Like, open up my smartphone in front of somebody and, and you know, whatever. Right. Or, or it's kind of like, um, you know, when early days of cell phones, like, people getting calls and mm-hmm. taking them. When you're, right. Is that rude or is it not? You know, right. I mean, I, that's still kind of a thing, but not so much anymore because right. it's so commonplace. Right. Uh, you know, know. Maybe, maybe the technology will change that it won't even be an issue. Yeah. I don't, maybe. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't, like, if I'm having lunch or dinner, I don't respond to... If somebody texts me or calls me or anything like that, I don't take it hmm. because I feel you should be focused on, you know, who you're, who you're with and what's going on and not, you know, whatever. I mean, there are obviously exceptions to that, but for the most part, that's my general rule. Like, yeah. it's rude to, yeah. to, you know, switch gears and try to like have some weird conversation on your phone when you're supposed to be talking to the person that's sitting across from you, you know? Right. So anyway, I, I don't know. I get his point. I think this is a little baby cakes, baby cakes, baby cakes. You're all right with Romero. me. You got it. You got it, man. You got a good concept. Have I like you thought, it. have you thought of baby cakes? Have you thought about like the music industry, like as a producer or something? <laughs> yeah. Baby cakes is a great this name. It's a baby face. Baby, baby cakes. I think baby cakes would be, oh mm-hmm. man, I'd buy that album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so anyway, Glenn. All right, so put your phones away. Put your phones away, people. All right, next tech is from... Our We're good- on a roller coaster here, Glenn. We're yeah. on a roller coaster. We start low. Right. And then we start notching it up, and it's getting cooler and cooler. There's these two next tacks I think right. are amazing. Right, so I, I would have to agree. Uh, Chris Campbell posted this tack, mm-hmm. and it is actually just um, on the surface, it's a nondescript uh, link to archive.org. Just a little, just a little link. Just a little, this, just a little tiny link. Uh, to, but, but the tack is titled, Internet Archive now has 900 classic arcade games mm-hmm. for free to play. Right. I added that part. That's well, added for emphasis. Just to drive home the fact that this may be the most amazing thing ever. Editorial license, Glenn. All right. That's fine. That's right. That's fine. It's our website, isn't it? It's right. That's on our podcast. We have that. That's right. We can say whatever we That's want. That's right. So I, I clicked over. I haven't actually had. A, it's been a busy day, Brian. Mm. I haven't had a chance to play any because if I play, I will not. <laughs> get sucked into. The I, it will be hours. I will grow a beard. Oh, I Here's my problem. If I start to, if I go down to play track and field, right, it's going to bring me back to when I was at Showbiz Pizza. Okay, and the track and field game there, and. 
I am going to spend, you're right, hours and hours oh, of man. Super Pac-Man and Cubert and track and field. I had a bunch of these on Atari. I these are like the these are like the arcade. Jungle Hunt? Oh yeah. Jungle Hunt. That was a huge that one. That was man. awesome. Yeah. So um the Internet Archive, they not only are they doing this for um for these are like coin based games. But they also have emulations of uh Atari games. Yes. And and Wait, all kinds where's of that link? Is it are they all mixed in? They're, I don't know where they're at. But the point is, Glenn if you go to the Internet Archives, uh, Internet Arcade, Arc- uh, you Man. can go. You can actually load these in a browser and play them, um, which is awesome. The they've got ninety games on here. I, I this no, no. this this game nine hundred nine hundred games. That's what the text says. Okay, but I'm seeing games. more like ninety. Well, maybe they didn't have artwork for all of them. But um, the point is, huh. if you want to relive some nineteen eighties, it says nineteen seventies to like. Early 2000s or something like that. The one thing I would say about the Internet Archive's uh, uh, game archive is yeah. that they need a new web design. Yes. This web design is from 1970. It, it's like it has been archived. Yeah, exactly. It's Their design the is, is an archive of design uh, from the 1990s. That's so and bad. So, anyway, but the point is, that doesn't matter, Glenn, because the, the, the point is you can go online and play all these games. JavaScript's awesome. Yes, it is. It they create it's it's <laughs> burger time. <laughs> burger time. That's a good one. Um, JavaScript. They, this whole thing is based on uh, JavaScript um, reimplementations of these classic games. Yes. And I don't know how they go about adding these games in here. I don't know what the process is to do that. Uh, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've seen um, like emulators before like you can you can download like mm-hmm. nintendo and emulators right mm-hmm. atari mm-hmm. which i also have downloaded and have wasted hours and hours and hours playing yep yep you know but this is much everything. more convenient because there's no download you just go to the website and like yeah oh, i want to play some cubert today and that you said go. i can't I, like i said i haven't i haven't played any yet i can't get it to work i tried i tried to but i didn't try very hard okay <clears throat> so i have adblock on maybe that's what's i don't know but anyway the point is Paperboy. oh yeah yeah. So anyway, Internet Archive, Internet Archive, well done, is pretty awesome. So I, but <clears throat> the other thing about this project is that they're 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 going out of their way to say it's just getting started. There's going to be some glitches in the games. Please report the bugs, and they're going to use the internet brain power, the mind trust to to improve the games, make them bug free, and make them perfect ports of those great games from yesteryear. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's kind of a weird initiative, but I'm all for it. I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> the Internet Archive, I'm really behind everything they do, man. Yeah. Like, I, there has to be some kind of an archive of the stuff that's out there, you know, and, and it changes every day, and it's great that they have some snapshots of, of some of the stuff, including games now. Yeah. So. All right, Glenn. Uh, this, this brings us to our last yes. tack. Mm-hmm. Brian, you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you here, I, but I'm going to go a step further. I, I think before we even just talk about it, yes, I'm going to go on record saying that this may <clears> be <throat> the coolest thing I've, I've read on Gentleman to date. I've read a lot of cool stuff on Gentleman. I think, yeah, as far as a story that's true, yeah, that's a story about businesses, yes. That is a inspiration, and not Richard Branson, and not Richard Branson. <laughs> this is cooler than Richard Branson. Uh, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I know you're listening, Sir Richard, but yeah. sorry, you know, it's this is way cooler Ever than since he got gonna, knighted. He, yeah, you know. he's a little bit. Anyway, oh. point is, Glenn. Okay, so what? What's this one called? Man, wait, who? Uh, who provided this link? El Sueco. El Sueco strikes again. The man with the most. Yeah. I mean, he. Okay, so it's titled. How Southwest Airlines settled a legal dispute with arm wrestling, mm-hmm. and ladies and gentlemen, it is a true story, and it's on the it's on the blog Priceonomics. Brian, you want to walk us through this, or yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> uh, Southwest Airlines, uh, we know and love them today. They're a huge, you know, airline that people fly on every day. I enjoy Southwest Airlines. I like their 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 philosophies. You know yeah. what I mean. In general, they have some pretty cool ideas behind them. They've always been a little bit off the wall. Yes. <clears throat> they were started by this, you know, a couple of maverick business guys, basically. Yep. Like, you know, crazy entrepreneur dudes. And but, one but, of them... But just weird. Like, yeah, one of them is a 
one of them is is kind of a weird dude, and his name was Herb Kelleher. Kelleher? Kelleher. Herb Kelleher. Um, and he's always been kind of this, uh, you know, weird figure, a co-founder of the airline, kind of a weird dude, a little bit over the top, always had crazy ideas, like having girls show up in, like, cheerleader outfits and cheering people off the plane and just, just weird stuff. So fast forward several years. Yes. October 1990. Marketing team's from Southwest comes up with this great slogan and they are psyched about it man this Mm. is awesome it's called the slogan is just plain and it's plain as in (laughs) P-L-A-N-E smart just plain smart yep and so they start kicking this this slogan out on all their advertising all their stuff everything for a year and a half okay but there's one problem there's a tiny little airline called Even Stevens Stevens Aviation that's right uh, and they've been, they've been using this tagline for several years before this. Yes. Okay? Now, Glenn, if this was modern times, yep. okay, let's say this wasn't 1990, the Stone Age. Even right? in 1990, though. Right. Um, what, you know, if there's a disagreement between two businesses over something like this, what do you think is going to happen? Litigation. Litigation. I, I, uh, you know, years. Years of litigation, or, you know... At least you know, a letter that is a cease and desist to yes. Southwest that says, hey, we've been using this. We're going to sue you and we're going to win. Right. And you better stop and all this stuff. But Southwest is huge, so it can bleed mm-hmm. the company dry and court fees and all that stuff. Exactly. So this lengthy battle that will cost tons of money and everything like that could ensue. So instead of that, the CEO, the VP, sorry. The VP of plain, uh, the, Steven, even Stevens. Even Stevens. <laughs> Uh, sends this like pithy letter over to Southwest that says basically like, yeah, well, you know, we're we're a tiny little company and we're, we don't want to sue you, but we've been we we noticed you you've been using this brilliant slogan for your for your advertisements, just plain smart. It's a great slogan. We've been using it for several years, and it says uh, you know instead of you know there's no litigation involved here, but we want to challenge you to a best of two out of three arm wrestling. <laughs> You know, um, so between you and our chairman, um, <laughs> you know, the, the language that's paraphrasing the language is really cool because he, he spends a, it's a good paragraph of like talking up how, you know, he's, how he's like a bodybuilder yeah. and like all this stuff, you know? And so awesomely, uh, even though Southwest is this huge company and, you know, way bigger than this other airline, they accept the, uh, in not so many words, they accept the offer to do an arm wrestling challenge to win the rights to use this slogan. And uh, so the date was set, 1992. They were going to meet in an arena and do an arm wrestling championship to use the slogan. No lawyers involved. You know, no none of that. It was an old-fashioned, we're going to settle this mano a mano with an arm wrestling <laughs> In the ring. In the ring. The Dallas, or the Malice in Dallas. Yeah, exactly. Was the name of the event. <clears throat> So anyway, it was a her, uh, the the CEO of the um, the smaller airline, twenty eight years younger than the sixty one year old Ke- Kelleher. Kelleher was the he's the Keller? CEO. Of, yeah. yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's it's really great because they really played it up. Mm-hmm. They the the CEO of um, of Southwest talked about how he was training with wild turkey and, <laughs> and you know, cigarettes and cigarettes, and they had like <laughs> videos of him like pumping. You know, big things of wild turkey up and down, you know, and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and so, but they actually did do the they actually did do the arm wrestling um, championship. Yeah, the the CEO of Southwest said that leading up to the event, he had been given like tons of like gifts and things beforehand because mm-hmm. from the publicity, like mm-hmm. um, I can't remember all the things, but one that stuck out was he said that even. Somebody even gave him like anabolic steroids from Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> which he uh, he declined. And but, wild turkey and cigarettes. Right, right. So that they're so, they're trying to fuel him. Yeah. Um, but the other cool thing about this is that both companies, like, it was a boon of publicity for both yeah. companies. Like the even Stevens, uh, what was it? They 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 like rose twenty five percent. Yeah. Like their share did, mm-hmm. and that eventually became a value at about like a hundred million dollar yeah. company. Mm-hmm. And like, so instead of so the great thing about this is that not only is it really fun, the the arena when they did the um, the, the arm wrestling thing was full of Southwest and Stevens Air Aviation employees. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody was cheering, you know, and every stuff, and you know, just a raucous environment. And uh, you know, 
so not only did they have a lot of fun doing this, they also donated money to charity. Yep. And they yep. actually settled who was going to use that that slogan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Southwest kind of graciously, you know. Right. Acquiesced. As we acquiesced the slogan to them. Yeah. But they did so uh, in a way that benefited both their companies. Yeah. In a way that benefited charity. And was a lot of fun for all their workers. And there was no lawyers involved. Everybody won. Everybody won. Except the lawyers. Exactly. So, I so mean, everybody won. <laughs> this is so cool because, I mean, you know, stories like this are so few and far between. I mean, yeah. I've never read anything like this that, you know, you could actually pull something like this off. And it's great that they that both of the head of these companies were smart enough to see that it was a great opportunity to you know promote their brands. Right. It, it was something that was going to be talked about and everything like that. And what, what I think is really cool is the, the CEO of Stevens Aviation said that he was he was a young CEO. He's twenty eight years old, you know, and here he was going up against this big company, and he was worried about being seen as kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was saying that like you know. Going into this, it was all fun and games, kind of. But then he started Warner and like, I, I don't want, I don't want our airline to be a joke. I don't want it be, to be perceived as it's a joke. I don't want to kill our business because people think I'm an idiot, you right. know, or whatever. Um, and so it said that he got some advice from a pro wrestler that said, "You're in a ridiculous situation. Uh, the only way you win is if you show the world you're comfortable being in a ridiculous situation." So he that's awesome. So he he said he was right. Uh, you know, he said he's worried about stuff, and then he just said, you know what? Like, you just got to roll with the punches and just just go do this. And you know, and that's what he did, and it worked out really well for both of them. Everybody understood it was a joke, and it was really well received. So the you, you can't take yourself too seriously. No, you can't. Yeah, I mean, and you know, like not to. I mean, we talk about Richard Branson a lot, but there's a reason for it. Is that yeah, he's the king of not taking himself seriously, mm-hmm. and. I, I think there's there must be something in like aviation industry. Yeah, where probably. They all kind of like make little bets with each other and like. Well, the CEO of uh, Stevens Aviation said that he like secretly really looked up to, you know, Southwest Keller. Airlines yeah. because it was a you know situation where they had built that aviation company from nothing and it made it this huge thing and that's what his goal was. So yeah. obviously he had a lot of admiration for yeah. them, but it's pretty cool that he had the nerve to. To send him a letter that you know challenged him to an arm wrestling match to decide who would use the thing. The the the, the lead image for this article yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. And both both the guys are super good sports about it, you know, and they they really see it through, make a good show of it, and everything. Um, so anyway, I'd like to see more of this stuff, man. I, I know exactly how I'm going to respond, Glenn. First time somebody sends us a cease and desist order. I know we we yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. <clears throat> All right, Brian. Okay, Glenn. So, that, but I just want to say, El Suaco, That was the oh. that was. Thank you so much oh. for posting that. That was in addition to all the other stuff. Like that was one of the greatest things I've ever read, and I'm so glad that I got to read it. And so, thanks for posting that. It was awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers El Suaco. Yeah, cheers, cheers El Suaco. Thanks, buddy. Oh. Okay, Glenn. Mm. It's hard to it's hard to move on from that. You no, know? it's really, just end it. Want to end it right here? Uh, I feel like it. It's just it feels you know. Uh, it's so. Mm, mm, that, that was a great tack. Okay, Glenn, but it's time for the gentleman toast of the week. The toast. Okay, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, the toast. Uh, this is going to be a quick one. I just wanted to toast a, a an awesome guy that recently passed away. Unfortunately, um, I'm going to probably butcher his name. Uh, because I know him as a tapper, Tappet brother. Yeah, um, right. Tom Magliozzi. Magliozzi. Yeah, Magliozzi. Tom, Mag- Mag- Magliozzi. Tom Mag- Magliozzi. Mag- Magliozzi. Um, so Tom Magliozzi. Um, he is one half of the Tappet brothers. Right. Click and clack on NPR. Right. Um, le- you know, I listen to Car Talk all the time. Love, love the show. Um, and, and and I, you know, he recently passed away at seventy-seven. Uh, really interesting guy. Um, he he liked to, you know, him and his brother sound like they're just a couple of guys that work out of garage mm-hmm. in uh, you know in Massachusetts. But they're both graduates of MIT. Really. Um, Tom worked as an engineer for several years. Really interesting story. I was reading about you know because he passed away. I was kind of reading more about his life, and he wasn't. He was working as an engineer, and he had a near death like crash happen that he walked away from. 
Um, and he said he immediately quit his job and just kind of rethought his life. And he spent two years basically just kind of floating around doing different jobs. And he had, I mean, he was an MIT graduate. He could have probably done a lot of different stuff, but he just wanted, he got fed up with driving and to commute to his, you know, office, you know, engineer job. So he just decided to do odd jobs and stuff like that. And he came up with the idea of doing a, it was basically like a hacker's garage for yeah. the community to, to come around and, and work on stuff. And that didn't work out. It wasn't profitable. So they did it like a straight up like garage, like, you know, a car garage. Uh, and they just happened to be invited to a, a local radio networks. Like they, they had a panel about, you know, working on cars or something like that. And hmm. so they got invited to that and they got invited back to it and they got invited back to it. And then they, that turned into a show wow. that, they did on NPR, so it was a total accident that they ended up being the NPR uh, guys known for that show. Uh, but I really like the point about it that I was reading was that you know it's a car show, but it has nothing to do with the cars. Basically, it's all about those guys and their you know who they are and and their interactions with people. Um, and so the guys, you know, Tom and Ray are like larger than life and really you know entertaining to listen to, and it's not scripted or anything like that they just show up and turn the turn the mic on and do their thing and it's really great so yeah it's a it's a real bummer the guy passed away and uh <clears throat> i really appreciate that you know his ability to kind of midway through his career just stop and and you know decide yeah. that being an engineer wasn't for him he's gonna do something else and just have the guts to do that it's hard to do so i've, I've never uh, i only listened to a couple episodes of car talk Right. They were they were entertaining. I'm not a car guy. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm just really not. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like that's the thing with tar- car talk. Is yeah. it really? It, it, you know, they once in a while they give you know they give interesting advice and they know what they're talking about. You know, right. uh, but it's it's more about just the the stories that people call in with and what they talk to them <laughs> about. And you know, it, yeah, it's a deeper you know the the talk about the cars is just the the, the undertone the, the vehicle that that gets yeah. them to to do their show and they also said um that it was really um npr was very stuffy it was very scripted it was very so it was very unique that they changed kind of the culture of some radio programs in the future like it's easy to look at it and now and say like oh yeah you know that that was a funny show or whatever but that wasn't something that went on npr at the time yeah so it definitely was influential on lots of stuff like This American Life and and, you know any kind of they they say that any kind of modern show on NPR or lots of radio stations owes a lot to the these guys and what they were able to accomplish Um, Hmm. so anyway uh, toast to Tom to Tom Tom. is he click or is he clack Uh, I don't know okay I don't know to Tom okay Glenn Right. Uh, that means it's time for the um, hot button topic. <laughs> and this week, Glenn, uh, the, the hot button topic. This is crazy. This is a crazy story. Yeah, I, I, read, I, 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 I'm, I'm incensed. This no, no, no. I'm, I'm beside myself. This is going to pit nations against each other. Oh. Entire worlds could uh, this this could have dire consequences for the universe, basically. <laughs> it, it really is kind of a universe altering experience here. Yeah, this is. Uh, mm. I don't even know what to say about this, Glenn. Okay, so uh, for the first time ever, the best whiskey in the world prize. It's not. It's not a Scottish distillery. Nope. No. 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 Not even European. Is not it? even European. It's a Japanese single malt for the first time ever. Wow. Um, and so, whiskey ex- expert Jim Murray described the Yama, Yamazaki single malt sherry cask 2013 as a drink of near incredible genius. <laughs> I, if I ever do something, Glenn, that somebody describes as near incredible genius, I'm going to, I will say I'm, that I've succeeded. I'm pretty sure there's an article about there, out there written about gentlemen with that wording. <laughs> yeah. Near incredible 
idiocy. It's <laughs> just that sheer, sheer dumbness. foolishness. Yes, is near incredible foolishness is the words that people would describe us as. But yes. um, so ninety-seven point five marks out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. That's ace in your test. No, the twenty. I, I assume that the this is the authoritative. Okay, they say the twenty fifteen World Whiskey Bible. So I assume that that is the authoritative source for my question about this is. Uh, who's who's the guy that's okay? It's, it's like Jim Murray. Oh, he says he oversees the review that samples over forty five hundred different whiskeys. So he's he's been around the block. Mm-hmm. He's been around the whiskey block, and he said that this this should be a wake up call for Scottish distilleries. Uh. And uh, it says this was a single malt which no Scotch can at the moment get anywhere near. My ancestors are rolling in their grave, Brian. This this almost seems like he's got something, he's got some, like an axe to grind with the Scottish distilleries. I mean, he's really throwing some barbs here. Hey, as well he should. Yeah. I mean, it's not called Scotch for a reason, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's like saying, oh, what? what? No, I can't think of. I can't even. Th- I'm so flustered. I can't even think of a good uh, example here. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm speechless. He said that the Yamakazi had a nose of exquisite boldness and a finish of light teasing spice. It's a samurai of scotch. I, I really like I the um the uh, ya- Yamazaki guy, uh they had an official from ya- Yamazaki discuss kind of what makes their their uh distillery unique and he mm-hmm. talked about that it's the the local water. You know, it has a very yeah. it's very pure it's always you know, a local, local water. water. Really. That gives it a little bit of it's it's got a little bit of secret sauce in the water, you know. It's made from the peat of bonsai trees. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, there's the whole thing about you know uh, Tennessee whiskey, uh, the Jim Beam, which you, you just bourbon supposed to be from Bourbon County, right? You know, uh, Scottish, you know, Scotch. Is he's got to be from Scotland? You know what I mean. Like, there's all these like regional things uh, attached to whiskey. It's not like vodka's like that. You know no. what I mean? Vodka's kind of gin's not like that. Universal, but whiskey is very. Uh, it's 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 very divisive geographically. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, people in Kentucky will not drink Jack Daniels because right. that's a Tennessee whiskey. Right. That's not bourbon. You know. Yeah, and I'm sure the people in Scotland are like this. Yamazaki is not Scotch. I, I, I'm so I'm looking at an article right here about mm-hmm. about the winning, and I was trying to figure out how much it cost. The it, the actual yeah. the single malt yeah I believe it was over a thousand dollars. No, no, no. Um, so they said there's just eighteen thousand bottles made, and this is from Time, so I hope it's okay. Right. And it's sold on the uh, Whiskey Bibles website. Mm-hmm. But it's oh, also- it's sold on the Whiskey Bibles website. Yeah, uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. Well, Put that cooking. in your quiver for your argument there, Brian. <laughs> home, home cooking going on uh, here. And, but it's, it retails the specialist shops in the, in the UK for about 160 uh, is that euros. Yeah, I believe so. No, that's t- so I think that's 160 bucks, like a USD. Okay. So I was wondering about that. Because I, I went to our local beer store, yeah, and uh, I was like, "Do you have the Yamazaki uh, single malt 2013?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> crickets, yeah, it's a it's, sherry cast. It's not. Uh, it's the 2013. <laughs> you know, it's it's. It was described as. Uh, <laughs> I have a hard time wrapping my head around this. I just I feel like the fact that the guy has an axe to grind with Scottish distilleries. That's clear because he calls them out, and the fact that he sells said alcohol on his website—the only place you can get it—happens to be on my well, whiskey Bible website. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit weird. Um, Look, we're not conspiracy theorists, right? no, but but, but we're, we're calling it like we see it here. But I'm just saying, so I think that might play into it a little bit. Near genius. Uh, the other thing is, this guy's been publishing this thing for 12 years, 15 years, something hmm. like that. So you can't. You can't have the same top five every time. That's true. You got to shake it up every. He now needed and a little PR blitz, is what he needed. Yeah, and well, he's getting it. I'm reading he, this on time. Yeah, I. Well, he was ArcGentleman.com. So right. The, right. First I mean, clue right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, hot, yeah, talk about hot button topic. Uh, yeah. 
You know, I've never heard of Japanese whiskey. I didn't even know they made whiskey. Um, you know what, Brian? I smell. I smell a movie. What was that movie? Uh, Graped, crushed. Graped. What was it? You know what I'm talking about? It's like the the 1970s when the Americans won the first world wine thing. You know what I'm talking about? The Cal- first California wine. Oh. Bottle shock. <laughs> what? You don't have talking. no idea what you're okay. talking about. Oh my god! Did you what? Who? How did you? <laughs> I'm not American making... one wine. All right. the, there's a movie about that. Yeah, with the dude from Star Trek. Uh, oh gosh, William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's about and uh, the the guy from. Uh... Oh, we're <laughs> not gonna watch not the trailer here. Uh, okay, the tomato meter wasn't very oh, high. Oh um, boy. Hi. No. So it's about in '76 Napa Valley. It was the first wine to win some world, the big. Bill Pullman's in it, Brian. Bill Pullman. The Extreme. From <laughs> That's Twister. Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Pullman is the uh, president of right. Independence Day. What, what movie? Independence Day. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I like them both. I like both Bills. And uh, the dude from Star Trek. Anyway, Bottle okay, Shock. So bottle, where I'm going with this is, is uh, Bottle Shock. Okay, the story is mm. French wine had always dominated, and okay. still kind of does, mm-hmm. the, 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 the wine competitions. Not America. Right. Well, so anyway, this, as the story goes, this small little Napa Valley, you know, upstart. vineyard, upstart, mm-hmm. decided to throw their, their hat in the ring, mm-hmm. and they were kind of failing, and it wasn't looking good, and... They ended up winning the thing for like mm. the first time ever mm-hmm. to huge. It was like the first time that Napa Valley was like really seen as okay. a place for wine. Mm. Mm-hmm. It gained notoriety because of this place. Well, not because of that, but anyway. Okay. So, so similar situation. Parallel here. Scotch is no longer just for Scottish. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm really excited. I want to try Japanese whiskey. I really do right now. Yeah. I, I want to check this out. I <clears throat> wish that I could get a hold of one of these, but I, I don't know where I would. Let's go get some sushi. You have to. I don't know. There's none of the beer stores around here. 160 bucks. You willing to lay down 160 big ones? Well, that that was for one of them. I, I there were some other ones on here. I think that were. Oh, uh, okay. So, all right, Glenn. Well, if we get a hold of it, okay, we need to get a hold of a Japanese whiskey, and then we'll do that for a drink of the week. And I have an idea. I think I think I can go to Kansas City. I can go to a larger a larger metropolitan area. Yes, a, a, a larger <laughs> liquor store. That has more selection of stuff, okay. and maybe track down a Japanese whiskey. You could call him. Yeah, he's gonna tell call. Yeah, uh, so we're gonna try to do that. All I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna attempt to track down the Japanese whiskey, and then we will use that for a drink of the week. Wow. Okay, I'm excited. I am too. That would um, be that'd be quite an episode. Congratulations to to them for beating out the stalwarts. <laughs> the, the, the stalwarts for 600 years or whatever. Yeah, of, it's uh, scotch. I I'm still it just sounds weird, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. This this know. Jim Murray guy might have an axe to grind. I'm I'm worried about that. I feel like he might might have a little bit of bias, but I don't know. Unconfirmed. I'm certainly not suggesting that. Yeah. In any way. All right, all right, Brian. Uh, okay, Glenn. Uh, time for the last uh, part of our episode. Uh, it's the question from the gentleman mailbag. Yes. <laughs> Uh, every week we look through the all the questions that we receive. Uh, many of the yeah. Can you? Okay, I don't know. I might have. All right. Is this, so, did no, you get this, this did file? You get one? Yeah. Okay. That one was that last week's file. Uh, no, no, that's this okay, week. Okay, 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 this week. Okay, okay, you got that. Sorry, all right. So let me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Pile over here. Yep. Yeah, all right. Okay. Um. So we we go through all the questions that we get and we pick out you know one maybe two sometimes to to talk about yes. and answer. Uh, and this week, Glenn, um, I really like this one. Um, hmm. What well-known national brand do you avoid? You know, some, this some, is thought-provoking. Some, some brand out there that just, you know, you just can't do. You can't do that brand. You can't do it. You know, and maybe it's popular with people. Maybe hmm. people really like this brand, but you're just, you're not on board with it. All right. Well, that's, that's very thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to thank the person who mailed that in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Okay, one springs to mind instantly. Mm-hmm. Just, just like that, okay? Yeah. Walmart. Mm, okay. okay. Now, I know there's the whole people at Walmart thing, you know. There's, you know, they kind of have some... Uh, it's got a negative connotation. Right. Mm-hmm. They seem to attract uh, trouble. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's put it that way, all right? Okay. I don't care about that. Like, mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty it's easy not about going. that. It's not about the people. It's not about yeah. anything like that. It's about the company. Mm-hmm. Like, when they started out, it's like Sam Walton was this awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Gunslinger. Um, right. Um, and, uh, you know, he ran the company the way he wanted to run it. And mm-hmm. tried to, I think he tried to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once he died, they... they you know, I mean, it is a company, so they they definitely like pursued every avenue they could to make more money. Mm-hmm. That's what you do in a right. capitalist society, right? But um, I don't know. There's just there's just something about like um, I was my brother in law, my brother and sister in law live in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I was actually yeah, we were, that's their headquarters down there. Right? Yeah, 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 they uh, Bentonville, mm-hmm. and so um, so we're, they live. My, my sister and brother in law live in Hot Springs, so that's a little bit away. Yeah, away. But um, we were sitting out on the front on this front uh, lawn. We were just talking, and this guy, this guy rolls uh, by on their street in a uh, golf cart, mm. and he's got he's got one hand on the wheel and the other hand holding a beer, mm-hmm. and he's driving this golf cart, and he's you know he's a retiree. Yeah, and he stops. He's like, "How are you boys doing?" You know, he's talking yeah. to us and. And he was talking about, uh, I think, I think the Super Bowl was like the next week or something like that. And he mm-hmm. was asking us who we wanted to win, and he's like, "It's like you know," what? and, and it t- we started talking a little bit, and he and it comes up that he was actually part of the Walmart organization, mm-hmm. and his job was greeter. Yeah, <laughs> he was the guy at the door. No, <laughs> uh, when they first started expanding in the area, mm-hmm. his job, like his, I don't know if it's his company or his job within the Walmart Corporation, was to oversee. The um, I think it was like the flooring of all the new WalMarts or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he worked directly, like I don't know how close, but with right. Sam Sam Walton, like you got to know. Him. Yeah, and he was saying that you know because we were talking about watching the Super Bowl, and he's like, you know, here's the thing. He's like, Sam would be out there with you boys on the front lawn on like a tiny little like yeah TV, and he wouldn't care because he just wanted to. He's yeah. just a, a good guy. He just yeah. wanted to be out there and yeah. enjoying things and right. I guess you know the since the family's taken over, mm. um, like the, I think they, he said he was talking about. I, don't, I, I haven't verified this, but he was talking about how the the daughter who owns it now bought a, like a billion dollar painting or something like that, and but their company's like they're having to lay off all these people. So it's like yeah, it's kind of weird. It, it's it's a weird situation. I just don't mm-hmm. I just don't like it. I think they kind of exploit things and yeah. Yeah, I, 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 can see I, saying, I don't man. care if people shop there. I think it's just me. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. I'd rather you know put my money in a local place around here. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, Walmart is kind of. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a controversial thing. I mean, it I, is. Yeah, it's you know great success story. Right. And then what happens when you get that success? You've got to kind of keep it going or. Improve right. it, you know, and that's difficult to do uh, because they had kind of had a meteoric rise. You yeah, know I mean? they, they've also had a lot of bad press with, I think, yeah. a lot of people. You, and to be fair, when you're a huge organization like that, you're right. going to have a lot of people attacking you, you know, and that's coming true. down on your stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about their practices and stuff like that, but. Yeah. I do, I mean. You know, it's one of those companies. It's almost it's like McDonald's, man. It's yeah. like everywhere. You know, and massive. Every every town's got a Walmart. You know, and everything like that. I don't know. And you just you get a little bit weirded out when you have that on that scale on that you know kind of situation. Amazon's like this too. You know, yeah. Amazon's like you know it's so massive and all this stuff going on. Like I don't know, man. Anyway, so yeah, I, I get it. I can see yeah. that. I don't really shop. I mean, I shop there once in a while, but I don't really shop there very often. Yeah. Um, you know. It just kind of depends. Um, I guess I don't actually. If I'm honest, I don't actively avoid it either. I just just don't yeah, like it. You're just. Not, I just don't like going in there. Yeah, I just don't right. like. I don't. I kind of actively about. avoid it actually because it's kind of a negative. Like he said, I mean, I think it's kind of a negative environment. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like the 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 way it feels. Yeah, and it's weird how that influences like where I shop at. But right. like, I have to spend 45 minutes a week or whatever doing like doing my weekly shopping. Right. And, I don't want to go someplace where I feel gross. Right. And Walmart has a smell. <laughs> it does. It does. It has a Walmart smell. Walmart has a smell. It does. I noticed this the last time I went. We went to go look for Halloween decorations. Okay. And I was walking around and I was like, Walmart has a smell. It's a very specific smell. All Walmarts smell like Walmart. It's true. And they, it's any place that has a smell that I can identify from store to store mm-hmm. I'm not cool with unless it's a restaurant 
Yes, that's fine. That's different. That, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. We're walking by Free State. It's right. a restaurant. I oh, get yeah. it. Yeah. But not Walmart. And they have... I can I can smell it now. Like that smell. That Walmart smell. It smells like flooring and packaging or something. Like, it's you know, like, it's like, a, like an industrial... Brisk commerce is what it smells like. <laughs> you know? like it's With the side of like just, angst. Yeah, we're just rolling this out. <laughs> yeah. You know? And like... Ugh. Anyway. Okay, Glenn. So, um, um, all, right. all right. What about you? What right, do you actively man. avoid? Very much like Walmart. This is like a mega conglomerate okay. that I completely avoid. Okay. Okay. Tangeray. The the alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I was trying to think about this, and I don't really have a problem with any. You know, some people have a problem with Starbucks. Oh, you should support your local coffee shop. Right. 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 I, I I'm not of that mind. Right. Okay, you know, um, I've supported my local coffee shops, yeah. and where I go is where I get coffee that I enjoy. Right, and that's what I do. And yep. if the local coffee shop offers coffee that I enjoy, I will go there. Yeah. If not, I'll go to Starbucks. Right. So I'm not I'm not of the mind that the whole big business thing is you know whatever. If they offer a superior product for a competitive price, I'm okay with that. So anyway, the point is, I don't have any brands like that that I'm like oh I hate that you know one blah blah, blah. but Tangeray. Tangeray. I, me and Tangeray go way back. A long time ago. Uh-oh. I had a very particular experience with Tangeray that I'm sure I've talked about on the podcast before because it's etched in my mind. Tangeray, I can't do it. I can't do it. Even the smell of it, like, takes me right back to that instant of the bad experience that I had Ooh. with Tangeray. And it was, it ruined me forever. Pine needles. Pine needles, man. Pine needles. It's like I'm drinking an evergreen or something like that. It's like I can't drinking pine salt. Yeah, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. So I cannot. Anything <laughs> Tangeray, it might be a nice gin. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Can't yeah. do it. I okay. cannot do it. Okay. So I, there'll be no Tangeray sponsorship of gentleman.com. No. Well, no. Never say never. Well. Brian, you're saying never? All right, never. Don't even look us up, Tank. That's right. All Can't right. Do it. So, have I told you my tea and Tank story? No. I don't think okay. so. So, I went to this party. Uh, it, was, it was not like a party. It was like a, a get-together thing, and mm-hmm. everybody brought stuff. And mm-hmm. um, and one of the drinks, there was a theme. I think it was like, I don't remember. What, it was like a weird theme, like a pirate or something like that. It's something, it's something themed. Anyway, um, so somebody brought... This drink, and they called it tea and tank. And I was, at, I was like, "What is this? Is like like brown? It looked like tea." I was like, "Is this good?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's great." Now I wasn't, I didn't know what tankeray was, mm-hmm. um, and so I was, like, I was assuming it was like a sweet drink, yeah, because they poured me like a massive glass of it, right? And it was mostly tankeray. Oh. With a little bit of tea, and so I take this big gulp of it, Ugh. and I about hurled like instantly. It was the mo- it was the grossest thing. I I, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was like down in Pine Sol. I went to a party. <laughs> okay. I this in Tijuana. This no. This was not. This was on American soil. But I I failed to procure alcohol. Uh, for this party oops and it was all my good friends you know fun time everybody's having a good time and one of my buddies had a bottle of Tangeray okay and he's and he had other stuff and so he was like well you know what like I'm, I, I'm probably not gonna drink this you, you can go ahead and have it and and I was like oh sweet you know now, now I have a you know I've got my something drink something to hold on to yeah you know I've got a drink to you know Ugh. whatever drink down and everything like that well this was fine except I took the bottle and I wasn't mixing it or anything. I was just swigging it down, you know, a little bit. And uh, before I had this incident, I, I mean, I, hard alcohol was no problem. I could just, you know, uh-huh. take some drinks of it. I was, you know, it was fine. I didn't, you know, whatever. I got so sick I, by by like this was on New Year's. This was a New Year's party. Oh no! I was by eleven o'clock. <laughs> I was so sick. Like, I was, you know, it was terrible. And ever since then, I've been completely spoiled on, like, you know, hard alcohol of any kind. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, at the time, I could just, just yeah. down it and it was no problem. But that, sure. I think that, that taste stays with you. Like, mm. I don't know what it is. But, like, Tangeray, I can't even smell it without getting 
I, I feel still turning. Yeah, yeah. I just it takes me right back to that second in time where I, you know, was drinking that. It was just terrible. So Tangeray, man, I can't do it. End of story. No. Don't ever try tea and tank. Maybe I make. Maybe it was made wrong. Maybe that sounds terrible. It it tea, really was the worst idea ever. Tea and tangeray. Because tangeray is not sweet. No. So it's like two bitter things. Yeah. It's very. It's it. Yeah. And it's very piney. Like right. it's like. And you, when you're expecting not... something sweet, and you get that, it was. I literally just about spit it back out. Oh. Like it was. That's terrible, man. Oh, like I cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes were like, dude. I would have. Uh, I would have just. <laughs> been in that. Yeah, that's. Oh. Yeah, it no. was. It was not. Ugh. All right, Glenn. not a fond memory. Well, but you know what is a fond memory, Brian? What's that? This podcast. Yeah, it, it was is. fun. It was a fond memory now because um, it's over. I mean, we had we had a great beer, the Juniper beer. Paleo mm-hmm. by Rogue. We um, reviewed some incredible tacks. One of them being maybe the most incredible we've ever re- reviewed before. Yeah, on the show. I don't think we did it justice. You know, I think no. you got to go out there no, no, and no, no, you got to no. read about it. But yes. I'm excited about that. I, I like that idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that with me. I'm gonna lock that one up, put it in the vault, oh, and yeah. I'm gonna bring that out at some point when things get heated between me and somebody else. And we're gonna <laughs> maybe you, know, you and I maybe you know maybe at some point in our business relationship yeah here. exactly but uh, I you know I can't say enough about that tack it was awesome um, <laughs> so anyway Glenn well yeah this is the episode thirty two was a fond, episode thirty three okay. was a fond memory um, but wow it's already time to look forward to episode thirty four that's right and I am episode thirty four I am too Glenn I'm excited about it I'm looking forward to it it's gonna be awesome uh, I don't know how we can eclipse. What we just talked no, about, no, but no. we'll find a way. You know, we gotta we gotta keep on trucking. We gotta find a way to do it. You you always surprise. I mean, it's always a surprise. When yeah, we, when exactly it, when it happens. Right. So. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, just gotta keep pushing pushing forward. Keep reaching for the top, man. That's right. Um, so close. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that was episode thirty three. Looking forward to episode thirty four. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. See you guys next time. Drive safe. <laughs>